イドザマシン。Welcome back to Metapod with me, Martin Franklin. This is episode two of our series of podcaster profiles, where we talk to successful podcasters and find out how they do what they do. This episode, I'm speaking to Erica Hall. Erica's a finance professional, and along with two colleagues, she started the Fin Talking podcast. Within six months, they were in the top five of finance podcasts in Australia. We talk about preparation for a podcast, to script or to improvise on a topic. Erica gives an absolute masterclass in how to promote awareness and conversation around the topics of each episode, including her approach to Facebook ads, LinkedIn, and YouTube. So let's hear about the rise and fall of a popular podcast with Erica Hall. You're the only show that I produce where there are three, three co hosts. And when you're starting from zero, that, that kind of、um, journey of, of finding what the roles are and what, what roles need to be fulfilled you know, must be quite interesting. Have you got any reflections on that? First of all,、um, it was really, well, who, who are we talking to? And I think that that was a real disconnect initially. We didn't sort of realize until we sat down or got together to do our first recording. And,、um, and it was clear that you know, we had probably different perspectives. And so、uh, I think, you know, to answer your question, as we've gone along, those roles have become more defined and we've become much more cohesive as a group in terms of where I think. We are now very well aligned with you know, what we're doing, why we're doing it,、um, who we're talking to. And even then, I think whilst we're probably talking to what I would say sort of the end investor,、um, and in our jobs, we tend to talk to intermediaries or sort of the institutions,、um, I, I think that、um, yeah, initially there was a thought that we were talking to institutions and we we're looking、mm-hmm. to sort of、um, add our voice at, at That sort of more professional, not、yeah. professional, that's probably not the right word, but at, at a really educated investor. And so there was a real disconnect in terms of the, the way the conversations、yeah. were going as a result. And we started to sort of set things up. It was more like a panel discussion at a conference because that's something we're used to doing,、mm. or more like a formal presentation. And so it took a bit of Um, you know, trial and error, and a little bit of guidance from you actually as well, Martin, just to get that、um, natural conversation going rather than being really, really stilted and being really、um, almost overprepared and, and delivering a monologue like a presentation. That point about the preparation is, you know, that's a, something I find very interesting how to adequately prepare so that you're not. At a loss for, for how to tackle your subject, but not entirely sounding like you're reading from a script. Look, I think you're spot on there. And I think we probably went way too far, like because we're so used to being very organized and prepared and we're all a little bit OCD in our own way、um, and wanting to leave no stone unturned and being really sort of structured. But then it came across as Not very authentic and really structured, and probably not the, the delivery wasn't what we wanted to deliver.、Um, the content, maybe, but not the, the way that it was coming across was, was not at all natural or conversational, which is really what we were trying to achieve.、Mm. 
So, um, and I think it's a trust thing as well between the three of us and just working out how we're all going to work together. And I think now that we've done a few episodes, we've, we've got our little rhythm going. And so yeah. um, what seems to be working really well now is we'll just determine a topic um, and then we'll have somebody um, take control of actually introducing the topic and then we'll just talk. And, yeah. um, it, you know, it seems to be much more natural now like it really was and we're still preparing but we're not structuring it and writing down every single thing that we're going to say it is literally um well the process is we determine what the topic is and the process for that is you know we read a lot we we're out there talking to people and so you know we'll say to each other oh what do you think about this as a topic for the next podcast and um as a group we'll agree yes that that sounds really great and then if we decide we're going to go ahead with that topic we set up a whatsapp group um, just for that topic and we start putting all the sort of um, materials that we think are relevant to, to the conversation in that whatsapp group and that's a development because in the past we were just like there was information flying everywhere and it wasn't particularly structured and so, so things were getting missed. So you've got a, a pool of information that you can all dip into when it suits you to then sort of absorb the factual details of the of the topic. Exactly, exactly. And then we can sort of um, be aware that somebody may refer to that and then have already had a chance to read it and then make a sort of meaningful comment nice. on that. Yeah. I think what happened with one of the first podcast we did somebody raised some fantastic research and I'd actually read that research but a few years ago and so I was on the hop trying to <laughs> remember the details I think I'd read a few years ago and so I said look that was such excellent research but wouldn't it have been great if um we'd shared that around and we could have had you know we could have spent quite a bit of time on that because it was so fantastic yeah. and so um so then we started to try and sort of share the information through email or text and it was again just wasn't quite working so the whatsapp is perfect so you, you have it WhatsApp group for the topic, information goes into that WhatsApp group mm. and then everyone's across what's likely to be raised and not everything gets raised, of course. It just depends on where the conversation goes um, on the day. When you're kind of preparing those those topics, do you at that point nominate someone as the the person who will kick off you know the show and and kind of introduce no. them. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> no, not not necessarily. So normally, um, then as we're getting closer to the date that we're going to record the podcast, then and this is again we're just learning as we go. But certainly, what seems to work now is then at that point we'll nominate or we'll agree who wants to do it. We try and share it around. So I think it's really important to be fair and equitable when there's three of you and so that there's not one person dominating. We see ourselves as sort of equals and mm. so therefore we want to make sure everybody gets um, a fair opportunity to, um, you know, speak. What we're now doing now that we're getting more um, used to the process is we'll then also do a timeline. Obviously we, we let our podcast producer know when we're recording so we can get the um, editing underway um, we know that we want to do a transcript for SEO purposes, so um, we'll agree who's doing that. We try and share that mm. around, who's got the time to do it. If we can write um, an article or, um, or draw on other sort of articles, we'll get those all together as part of the um, show notes as mm. well, um, and they'll also probably feature in the um, a transcript. We've, when we then actually uh, sort of go live with the podcast, We'll then use all the social media channels. So we'll use LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube um, just to let people know that yeah. the, the episode is out. We'll upload to our website the transcript. 
Um, and then after we've launched the, the episode, if we see interesting articles relating to the episode, um, we'll then just post those on social media as well just to keep the, the conversation going. I guess that's a potential nice use of your WhatsApp, Paul, that you can then sort of feed out the inspirational content, you know, as like a, a tale after the show's been been released. You're right. And actually, we probably haven't done that as as um, structured as we could because it is all sitting there, but um, uh, it's probably we've probably been more ad hoc about it. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about the that audience growth questions yeah. on social is a, is a sort of some, something else really. But yeah, well, let's talk about that now because, you know, you always seem to do really well for, um, you know, views and, and reactions. Is that primarily coming from your industry audience? It's a really good question because we didn't think that the content was actually going to resonate with the industry because, the, you know, the industry is very knowledgeable um, already and our content is really pitched at that end investor. But it is surprising how many people in the industry have embraced the the podcast, actually. So, yes, we've definitely had um, already pretty strong, um, I guess, network on LinkedIn. And so that was a natural place to go initially to sort of get support from our existing community and our existing network. Mm. But um, Facebook was one that we sort of identified as, you know, probably a great target place to find um, the audience that would resonate with the content that we were looking to deliver. So we did, we have been trialling Facebook ads and I think they've been really, really successful. So oh, yeah. still learning. <laughs> there's, you know, um, there's so many different ways you can skin that cat in terms of the types yeah. of ads that you can do. And so I've yeah. tried a few different ones. So can you can you give us a little bit of a little bit of detail? Yeah, about, I'll try. <laughs> I've, I've never seen them, so uh, oh, I'd love okay. To know what like. Look, yeah. I mean, Facebook's amazing because it has data in spades, so you can be really specific in terms of who you want to target. So, for example, um, not only geographic regions, but people's topics of interest. So you can target people that are interested in personal finance. You can target people that are interested in podcasts. You can target whatever the hell you want, really. Mm. And so um, that's been really fascinating to be able to um, hone in and target people that we think are going to resonate with the content that um, yeah. we're delivering. What do your ads look like? Well, we're using the audiograms, um, actually. So, well, a bit of both. So um, Facebook doesn't seem to do video so well, but Instagram does. And obviously Facebook and Instagram are the one company. And so... Mm. Um, the videos definitely have been resonating and getting a lot of traction on Instagram, but not so much on Facebook. And then I'm just doing picture versions as well, so not sort of as interactive and um, encouraging people to click on the podcast. So that's worked really, really well. That's definitely driven traffic and definitely driven downloads to the podcast. So that's the great thing about advertising on Facebook, the targeting that you also get all the data to sort of, um, I guess, verify whether the ads are working. Mm. And then what I've done is I've created custom links so I can see as well. Like, not that I don't trust Facebook, but I just want to check for my own um, yeah, why not? Yeah. knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely, um, you know, seeing the results of the advertising. And the advertising doesn't have to cost a lot either. I've basically been limiting myself to $5 a day for five days. So I run an ad campaign for five days. And um, they've literally had thousands <laughs> of um, interactions. So 
you know, and I mean, and I'm limiting it to Australia, New Zealand, and then I just, um, I found that I thought, oh, I'll just do the United States, and I found that we got really um, a lot of traction in Mexico for one of our <laughs> podcasts, which was very unexpected. Where, where do you send people when, when they click through? What I've been doing is sending them to um, the podcast, so... On your website? Well, no, I started off um, just sending them to Apple and now, as, as I'm learning as I go, so now Chartable allows you to do a link and then um, with that link, it will actually, you can actually set rules. And so if you're on an um, Android, you'll go to Google. If you're on an Apple product, you'll go to Apple, um, et cetera, et cetera. So you can actually direct people to where you want them to go. And if you're on a um, device they don't know, then it gives you all the options. And so that's now what I'm doing, saying, okay, just go and listen to the podcast. And so um, the ads that I'm doing are specific for the episodes. So we're trying to engage them with, you know, with the topics that we're actually talking about in the podcast. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Um, so aside from Facebook, um, have you got any kind of top tips for promoting on other platforms? How's YouTube going for you? Is that yeah, look, and I must admit, so this is where as, um, you know, the three of us, we sort of divide and conquer. And so one of the other ladies has been really running with YouTube and I think um, it hasn't been uh, that amazing. <laughs> but I think that we probably need to work out how to advertise there. So I don't know that there's a lot of um, knowledge that we're even on YouTube and like, we haven't really sort of told anyone we're there. And so I was saying to her, look, we probably should do like a bit of a um, – bit of research in terms of how to advertise on YouTube because I think that that one's pretty quiet. It's it's very difficult. Well, this is not just me, but it's very difficult to push people to different platforms. So I think it's it's a particular case on YouTube. Like people are on YouTube because they want to be on YouTube. So it's, it's less likely that they'll click and go oh. to Facebook or go to Apple or somewhere else. So I guess at some point you you may well find that you, you know, you can't cover all the platforms. Yeah, look, and I think for YouTube, like, so the idea there is that we will start to um, video ourselves doing the podcast and then that would make it a natural sense to then be on YouTube, but we haven't quite got to that point yet. So oh, that's definitely genius. the plan yeah. in the future. This is the real kind of, uh, you know, amazing formula of Joe Rogan experience and those other, you know, kind of shows where you get the, it's it's on all platforms, but it's on all platforms in a a kind of native way. Facebook has done pretty well, but LinkedIn's definitely been the standout, probably because we're all really familiar with that platform and know how to use it. Um, but the Facebook is growing quite strongly. But Twitter and YouTube are pretty pretty slow, and and Instagram's not too bad either, I think. But yeah, they're the the two that we could definitely spend some more time on. Um, is YouTube and, and Twitter, yeah. I think. Okay, well, th thanks, Erica. That's pretty much covered all of the thoughts that I had um, about your particular podcast, like, but really, really well. I will theoretically stop recording now, but in, unless you say something really interesting. Um, <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no, well, the question I'm about to ask you, but just after hearing you talk about you know, all of this uh, very sort of focused effort that, that you're putting into the promotion, it just makes me wonder about what's the next development that, you know, would sustain the show and help it 
get to another level? That seems to be the question which is, you know, which is out there. <laughs> yeah. Look, it's interesting because we've also talked about, you know, maybe we'll bring in some guests because we've been in the industry for quite a long time. We know a lot of amazing people yeah. that would make fantastic guests. But um, we've had some people go, oh, but no, like we listen to you guys. We don't want to hear guests. Um, and so that's sort of surprising. Like I didn't sort of think that, you know, like we're like a show. The three of us are like a show. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think one of the things that we were absolutely adamant about is that we would need a producer. So we, when we thought about all the things that we wanted to focus our time on and our time being quite limited, we wanted to focus on the content and we didn't want to focus on actually trying to produce it. We saw that as a, you know, an, like a particular skill that we, none of us had and none of us really wanted to sort of spend the time trying to acquire it either. And so, you know, that it made sense to find a really good um, producer partner to work with and, and that's been, you know, so that's what I say to people, it's like that, that's the key, <laughs> work out what you want to do and then um, outsource the, the stuff that you, do, you, know, you don't want to do or you don't have the capability to do to professionals. Mm. Yeah, well, I think that's a, that's a particularly sort of enlightened view that you've had there because there's a larger number of people who sort of take a view of like, how hard can it be, you know? <laughs> it can be really hard. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, yeah, <laughs> just tell me what software you use and I can do what you do, you know? Yeah, no, you can't. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And we really appreciate that. Like we're um, three professionals that have been, you know, in our sort of industry for a long period of time. So if we're going to do something, we wanted to be do something we were proud of. That it was something that we all were adamant on. And so we, we didn't want it to be something half-baked or something that, you know, we weren't, sort of proud to be associated with and so having that having a producer just takes it to the next level and it, it is and that's the thing everybody keeps saying to us it's just so slick and it's not really like I'm sitting in my cupboard recording <laughs> at 7am in the morning <laughs> but the producer makes it really slick and makes it sound really slick. Right so can just uh, just as a little parting uh, topic uh, can you tell us about this cupboard? <laughs> Seriously, is this your, you know, um, technique to achieve silence? And it is, it is. So it's basically my walk-in robe, which is crammed because I'm a fashion victim and I love clothing. So it's absolutely crammed full of clothing, which makes for a fantastic acoustic, acoustic environment, which is another reason why I'm challenged in terms of the YouTube <laughs> Um, video component that the ladies want to do. I'm yeah. like, mm, I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe my cupboard is conducive. It, it'd that. be distinctive for sure. Yeah. Um, and it just, yeah, it creates a, a fantastic environment um, from a sound and acoustic perspective to deliver that quality that that we want to be able to deliver um, yeah. on the the podcast. Yeah. And yeah. so we literally are all sitting in our <laughs> cupboards. <laughs> <laughs> recording <laughs> which is you know pretty funny i think <laughs> but it works yeah i well yeah i think we the world needs photographs especially. <laughs> there are a few <laughs> that hopefully will never be released <laughs> <laughs> all right erica well, th- well thanks for um you know giving spare time out of your day to uh Share your podcasting no with them. No problem. Them.